Church is a community and movement, a fellowship of discovery. We desire to love well and serve often, while together we explore the adventurous love story of Jesus. Hey! Hey! Yeah! Anyone else feeling a little drowsy? Yeah? Yeah, you don't, you don't even have the energy to confess to it. I, I feel that. Hey, Happy New Year. My name's Mike. If you're new with us, welcome to the Journey community. We're delighted uh, that you're here today. And um, after a thrilling Rose Bowl win, um, I, uh, yep, yep. I, what's that? Someone has energy for that, yes. Well, all my energy was lost in the first half, and then I aged 60 years. Anyway, that was a football reference, sorry. Um, there are good things about January 1st, and one of them is the glory of football all day, which my wife really enjoys. And uh, anyway, but that, I'm just doing that to make up for the Hallmark movies that start in October about Christmas. You know what I'm saying? So I don't mean to bring you into our marital conflict, but um, no, my name is Mike, and, and I'm glad you're here. And today, we wanted to just sort of have a, I don't know, conversation around what it is to say it's a new year, and not in some kind of cliched, um, hey, let's talk about New Year's resolutions or all the great ways we're going to improve ourselves, but rather, I want to talk about how it is that we view time and how it is that we view aging and how it is that we view the passing of time. There is a psalm that is always particularly relevant to me this time of year, Psalm 90. And it goes like this, a prayer of Moses, the man of God. Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. For the mountains were born and you brought forth the whole world. From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You turn people back to dust, saying, return to dust, you mortals. A thousand years in your sight um, are like a day that has just gone by or like a watch in the night. Yet you sweep people away in the sleep of death. They are like new grass of the morning. In the morning it springs up new, but by evening it is dry and withered. <laughs> our days may come to 70 years or 80 if our strength endures. Yet the best of them are but trouble and sorrow. For they quickly pass and we fly away. Teach us to what? Number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. So I want to talk about what it, what it means to number our days, right? Because our calendars are full of numbers, and slots and appointments, and the years sort of fly by, and it seems like the older you get, the more quickly they go. And, um, and so it's kind of the, the kind of touchstone verse. This is more a series of thoughts and less sort of a like exegesis of a passage. But I've just reflected a bit on this. Um, and there's a passage in uh, 2 Corinthians that I, I really want to focus on today. It's familiar, I think, to a lot of us. Paul says, Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being what? renewed day by day for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all and all the good christian people would say oh yeah yeah we believe that but we don't actually because the promise there the the indicative there from paul is that somehow each day 
um, for those who are in Christ and pursuing him, each day is a renewing. It's not just a new day, but there's a renewing of us in each day. So that the longer you go, the more renewed you become. And the word um, renewed there, you're dying to know, is Anna Kenu. Anna is again, and Kenu comes from uh, Kainos, which means to renew or to make new. There are two Greek words. Now, we're going to camp here for a bit, Sarah. You are going to learn two Greek words today, and it's going to be awesome. There are two Greek words for new, and I, and I am not going to jump over explaining them until you all understand and appreciate the difference. All right, so it could, this could be half an hour. This could be 10 minutes. This could be till tomorrow. It just depends on how we're doing. Right, kainos means something that's new in kind, and neos is something that's new in time. And let me just over-illustrate. Let's start with neos, because that's the easy one. Something that's new in time means it's here very recently. It wasn't here, now it's here. So it's new in the sense of newborn, right? Or it's new in the sense of, hey, that milk, you got, you got fresh milk, right? You don't want to let that go, it will expire, Right, neos means something that's been here the least amount of time. Okay, it's measured in time. So if you're young in terms of neos, you've just arrived. If you're old in terms of neos, you've lived many years. Makes sense. Right? Come on. Half an hour? Two minutes, your choice. (laughs) Kainos is a, a way, a different way of talking about newness. It's new in kind or new with respect to God's activity. And the best way I can illustrate it is this. Something can be brand new and feel stale. Some film, some art, some music, right? It can be new in terms of neos, but we would listen to it or experience it and go, no, no, we've, we've all heard this before. There's a staleness to it, even though it's new in time. And then there are things that are older in time, but they have a freshness and a greenness and a joy about them. Do you see the difference? That's kainos new. It it has nothing to do with how recent that thing is, but it has to do with how fresh and new it feels as we experience it. So something can be brand new, and it can be glorious. We can be like, yes, this is fantastic. And this is what happens, of course, when uh, we look at pop culture. Something's neos, right? It's the hot new thing. And then a couple years later, there's a new neos. And that's the hot new thing. This happens with churches and regions, right? There'll be a hot new church. And then the 10 years go by, and there'll be another hot new church, right? This is just the way it works, in the neos world. Kainos is that undefinable thing that regardless of how old something is, it can be stale or it can be new and fresh and green. Are we making sense a little bit on this? Hannah, okay, you're the test. All right, yes, you got it? So what's kainos? Uh, oh. Oh, I don't know as she looks at the screen. All right, so I feel like we got a good grasp of this, correct? (laughs) I love you, darling. All right, is this generally making sense? 
So when it talks about being renewed, the word isn't neos. It's not like you're being young again every day. But it's that you're being kynost. You are being that, that, that you have the opportunity in Jesus as you grow older in neos terms to experience kynos, which is the renewal that allows us to be fresh and open and flexible the older we get. Makes sense so far? Yeah, okay, well, I, I feel 20% good about that whole conversation. Now, the problem um, is that we view um, the world in neos terms. That's the way pop culture works, right? So we have one-hit wonders and has-beens and where are they nows and, you know, our aging pop stars are all sort of sometimes glorious and sometimes objects for ridicule, right? So there's just a constant worship of newness in the neos sense, right? It's just whatever's new, whatever's hip, whatever's fresh, the, the coveted demographics are the young ones, the neos ones, right? We, we seem to say that what's youngest in terms of time is most important, and what's oldest in terms of time is irrelevant and least important. And so when we look at aging or the passing of years or numbering our days rightly, right, we, we say things like, well, those are the golden years or there are seniors or they're the elderly, right? We have specific terms for that sort of stage of life that aren't all positive, right? We have homes and communities for, for people like this. Because as you age, you grow increasingly irrelevant. What's relevant is what's new in terms of time. What's been here the least is what's valued the most. And what's been here the longest often is valued the least. Make sense? So this is a horrible way of reckoning time. Because it means that, that the pressure is on young people to have this be the pinnacle of their lives, which is a load of baloney, and the pressure on old people is to, is, is to not, you know, is to be afraid of aging out and being irrelevant and not having a voice or being valued in any way, shape, or form. And, and, and that's the irony, right? There's a, we take what we do with people who are old in terms of neos is we all send them to Florida or Arizona. And, um, and often those are the people that have the most time, the most resources, and the most wisdom. And we somehow communicate to them that we, they're no longer needed and to get out of the way. And so instead of this intergenerational harmony where the generations admit that we need each other, right, we have labels and mocking, right? Okay, boomer, the, the millennials are lazy, Gen Z, they just mooch off. I mean, whatever the stereotypes are. And this is not, surprisingly, the biblical vision for how the generations relate and how it is that we're to see the passing of time. In Psalm 92, there's this great image of what old age looks like. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar out of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green. Yes. Proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock. Again, it's the picture that, that, that focusing 
on being renewed day by day. At some point, you're renewed and you're renewed and you're renewed and you're renewed every day, every day, every day, and then all of a sudden you find yourself old in Neos terms, but you're still fresh as ever. Have you ever been around people like this? Like, I, one, of, one of the guys, when I was um, younger, I still count myself very young in Neos terms, um, when, I was, when I was younger, I came across a church planner who was in his 70s. This was a guy who'd had a palsy on half of his face, and so Bell's palsy, I think it was, so his face just didn't sort of line up. His wife was agoraphobic. She would not ever leave the house. He lived in a very difficult marriage. He was a Pauline scholar, all right? So this guy had, he went to Columbia, I mean, studied under some of the best Pauline scholarship back in the 50s. It was ridiculous. Hugely and immensely gifted man. But now he repeated his stories, and you know, as, as we all physically sort of begin to break down. Uh, but he was planning a church in Hollywood, and one day I drove up there uh, to go to his church. It was Saturday morning, and I parked, and about a block away in this really run-down section of L.A., you could hear... 30 or 40 male voices singing very loudly. And as I got closer to the place, it got louder and louder. I opened the door, and um, he knew I was coming, and so sat down, and I just observed the crowd. And it was 30 uh, to 40 people who were all models, um, actors, producers. Everybody was in the industry. They were all 30 or younger. And they flocked to this guy. In Neos terms, he was old. But in Kainos terms, he was as fresh as anyone you've ever met. The older he got, the more open and joyful and flexible he got. And a whole generation of people looking for father and mother figures is looking for people who don't get more closed off the older they get, but more open and willing to invest. Can I get an amen? Right? There's just a sense in which we've reckoned time wrongly so that the more that goes by, right, the less value. Now, there is a vintage movement. My wife, or my wife, my daughter, who was like my wife in some ways, personality-wise. Um, oh, that was a horrible. I'm sorry, honey. I, I just mean, I started to say my wife. I mean my daughter. She has a record on her desk, like a vinyl record. I know, I'm so sorry. We won't post this one, all right? We'll post the next one. It'll be fine. You li- oh, you like this one? <laughs> it's, I know, I'm so sorry, honey. I, these, just, these thoughts come randomly. You know, they're not written down. They're just here, and, and, and I just wanted to talk about the record. Yeah, it was a cute color. Yeah, she got the record because it was a cute color, not because there was any sense of playing a record. It was just a cute color that looked, that was sitting on her desk. And I was trying to say randomly... Ohio State had a rough game last night, guys. And I was trying to say randomly that there is this vintage movement these days. Like, my son has a record player. 
And you're like, what? Well, come on. We, we, we were thrilled to graduate beyond those things. Come on now. So there are echoes in pop culture of valuing things that are older, but certainly not when it comes to people. And so the invitation of the biblical vision, um, because there are some things that are not safe in the hands of a 20-year-old that are safe in the hands of a 70-year-old, right? And in, in, the, in the Torah, literally the Hebrew word for old is the Hebrew word for wise, and church leadership, and even, even leadership in Israel was always based on age. That's why they were called elders. It's because these were people who had the most life behind them. In the biblical vision, old age is cause for celebration. It's actually a victory. And it's considered a blessing from God to be alive so long. And, and all of us will be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we all dread our birthdays as we get older. We don't see them for cause for celebration because our culture is just shouting at us. Once you hit middle age, you're, you're, you're just timing out and you don't have much to say anymore. That is, in any, that is in no way, shape, or form the biblical vision. Instead, what we have is um, this generational animosity that God is inviting us to war against as part of what it means to be a church full of hospitality. And so we get images all over the place of honoring the people older than us. So in Timothy, for instance, Timothy was a very young pastor. So on the one hand, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young, but set an example for believers in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity. But at the same time, a few verses later, do not rebuke an older man harshly, but exhort him as if he were your what? Treat younger men as what? Older women as? And younger women as? With absolute purity. The image is whatever your biological family, this community becomes an almost more significant influence in life. Like how it is that we value and treat each other here. And even for a young pastor, Right? Even if you're, if you're having to have hard conversations with people, it's honor and respect and listen and care for. And, um, and, and you also have this great, you know, great sense of invitation in the Bible um, for younger folks to seek out older folks for wisdom and counsel. I think we have, um, I think if we were to pull some of the younger folks in our community, there's a great sense that they need help. That one of the most popular Instagram um, accounts I follow is, is, I think it's called Old Dad Advice or Old Man Advice. It's something like that. But it's literally an old guy. Here's how you tie a tie. Here's how you change a tire. Here's how you cook. Like just all the basic dad stuff. And it's super popular. Why? Because there is just a lack of wisdom, literally practical wisdom in the world. And for some reason, the older we get, the vibe we push off is, hey, we're not interested in helping any of you. We're interested in holding on to what we have for as long as we can. And the, and the younger generations look at that posture and judge it and criticize it, right? And want it to get out of the way because of their impatience. And so instead of honor and listen and interdependence, we have this antagonism that needs to be dealt with even in the church. The biggest, one of the churches I worked for in California, the biggest issue 
was conflict between the generations. And ultimately, I resigned after three and a half years because we could not figure it out. It was awful, awful. And it was on both sides. And so these aren't necessarily finished thoughts, but they're things that have been rumbling kind of around in my brain for a while. And, um, and so for those of us who are a bit older, and I count myself, because midlife is this interesting thing where you're taking care of kids and you're taking care of parents. So you're standing kind of at the bridge of several generations. The exhortation for us is to war against the Florida mindset. I don't see permission biblically for any posture of heart that says, well, I got mine, I've earned it, I've deserved it, and now I'm out of here. And I'm no longer responsible to the community around me for anything. I just don't see that. Now, changing a vocation into something different and more refreshing, absolutely. Oh, of course. But the idea that like, I don't know, I've given, I've given everything here, but now this section of life is just all mine without any reference to what God's doing in the world. I just don't see any permission for that. Instead, you've got all sorts of exhortations for the older to invest in the younger. Go ahead and put uh, Psalm up. Even when I am old and gray, do not forsake me, my God, till I declare your power to the next generation. Next. Deuteronomy. This is the very famous Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. These commandments that I give you today are be in your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road. There is such a need for spiritual mothers and fathers these days. And for us, those of us who are aging in terms of neos, the, the, the need for us to be renewed day by day so that there is a freshness and openness of flexibility, that's, that's, that is as crucial as it's ever been. And for those of you who are young like myself also, the need to wait, the desire to listen, to honor an older generation, even if they don't always reflect exactly your values, to be patient and compassionate. I mean, this is like big work for the church to be doing. And, and I think for both sides of the generational equations, to really buy into the biblical view of time is to just repent from our preoccupation with youthfulness. Like it's everywhere. Right, you're in your prime of life, you're over the hill. I mean, we have all these ways of describing it. The college is this time that's unique in your life and it's the best time in your life. And let me tell you, it's not. It is not. High school, what is that? Who wants to go back to that? Right, I mean, <laughs> I, don't, I, just would, I would feel this pressure. I like, I've gotta pick the right college, or pick the right person, pick the right job. Everything depended on all of this. And I just wanna say to someone down the road, there isn't any mistake that you can make right now that can't be redeemed in God's economy with God's people. It's okay. You're gonna be okay. Your life will not, in any way, shape, or form, turn out the way that you think it will. So just enjoy the ride. <laughs>
And for those of us who have years of suffering, who've been hollowed out by sorrow, who, who can be tempted to be threatened and judgy and criticizing those who are coming up behind us, man, the call for us is to be renewed day by day. You can't love and invest in people you're judging and criticizing. You just can't do that. And so instead, the image that God gives us is of a people who are fearlessly growing older and rejoicing as they do, because in the scriptures, old age is a gift. And the point in the Bible is never about your physical prowess. It's always about how spiritually mature you become. And some of us have been around older people who are like that. And we've also been older, around older people who have not invested in being remade and renewed. And they become brittle. And they become harsh. And so friends, there's really nothing to do with this other than, hmm, this is just another piece of what it means to be a community together. To see each other well and wisely. And then as we embark on a new year numbering our days, to recognize, yes, the Bible's images for us are mist, vapor, shadow, dew, grass that's fresh in the morning and withering away by evening. And yet, in the midst of all of that, there is this incredible opportunity to grow into the kinds of people who are never stale. And so, there's no other response that I could think of than just taking the Lord's Supper together as a community. That what it means to be renewed day by day is to orient life around Jesus, this Christ, to take the bread and the cup with the community to practice the practices of hospitality and apology and forgiveness and reconciliation, to learn to listen and when to speak. And so today we're just going to invite everybody to the Lord's table. There are places also around the room where you can write down prayer requests. We'd love to hear things that you would want prayed for for this year, things that you're thankful for for the year past. Anything you'd want us to, to agree with you in, we're honored to read all of those. And so there's space to do that. But today, just as I take communion, I, I, my prayer is going to be, Lord, outwardly, yes, there is deterioration. I, I hurt my back last night rolling over. Yes, I have a thing that stops me from rolling over, and it failed. I'm going to use your record tonight and see if that helps. <laughs> so there are, I mean, there's no doubt, there are physical limitations and frailties that come. But there's an invitation in the midst of them that I, I don't feel like we often talk about. So I'm going to pray, the team's going to come up, I'm going to hobble over to my chair, and uh, it's going to be awesome. So Father, I don't know, what a joy to be with this community. I am, I am so grateful for the opportunity to be among friends, to be among family, to practice these things. Lord, thank you for the gift of life today. Thank you for a new year. Lord, as we lament all that last year was and we hope for what this year will be, 
Help us to number our days well. Help us, Father, to model and capture this vision of what it is to reckon time rightly and to see each other not through the, the gaze of Neos, but through the gaze of Kainos. And so to that end, we ask your blessing, Lord Jesus. Amen.